And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's the detective who uses a disguise to trap the killer on Mr. Chameleon, starring Carl Swenson, a fellow Carl, Lisa. It's a good name. From 1948. But right now we're going to visit with my good pal, Kathy Lynch. She's the editor of uh, the greatest magazine on the planet, if you ask me, Good Old Days. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the show. Hey, Carl. Hi, Lisa. How y'all doing? Hi, Kathy. We missed you. We haven't talked to you in a while, so we're so glad you're back on the air with us. Thank you. It feels great to be here with you guys. Yeah, I'm looking at the the latest issue of Good Old Days. It's actually the May-June issue, um, and um, it's chock full of uh, amazing stuff, as always. This is a great magazine, and we talk about it a lot. And we always say, if our radio show were to turn into a magazine, it would be Good Old Days magazine, right? That's right. That's exactly right. We that's what we do. We we bring everybody mails us their um, their stories about their lives growing up, and it's just wonderful. And it's the same way with you all. They're listening. They're having good memories, and that's what it's about. Yeah, it is. And this, uh, this, I, I tell you, every time I, uh, I get an issue, which is every other month, you get a full eight and a half by eleven color issue, of Good Old Days magazine. I can't wait to open it up. And you know what's the first page I go to? My article. Oh, shocked! <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> uh, I am uh, very honored and privileged to write, and it's now a full page article. I got uh, an upgrade. You sure did. It I was worth it. <laughs> and, the, and I write about a certain series, you know, classic radio series, uh, go in depth about it and then have a um, a way for listeners to go to a special website to download an episode. So, for instance, in the May-June issue of Good Old Days, not only are there tons of articles and all kinds of fun uh, reading items, but then on page, let's see, I don't have my cheaters on, Here, page see. 40, Command Performance. I write about Command Performance uh, with Bob Hope and Frank Sinatra and Jerry Colonna, Judy Garland. And um, then people can go and download a show. But tell us why, tell us why, uh, Kathy, 
that people should be subscribing. Not only do we have a tremendous offer for our listeners, but tell them a little bit more about this great magazine. Well, the good thing about the magazine and your article in particular, I will say this, that we, we take we do surveys and we talk to our readers all the time. And honestly, the good old days on the radio is one of the most favorite things. But we have, there's so much to offer in this magazine. We, like I said before, we have people, they're, they're firsthand stories. These are people telling their own memories. They're sharing their own memories and they're making other people you know, sparked the memories and the and the good times from when they were growing up, and that's what it that's what it's it's about. And we have um, recipes in there that we have a lady that writes for us, and she writes a story, and then she'll tell she'll share her recipes. Oh, Lisa! And Lisa needs from, that. Lisa oh, needs that. She's that, not. That's a really popular one. She's too. not the greatest uh, in she's the kitchen. Not, who says? Who yeah. says? According to everyone. Who? Did you have Everyone, your Everyone kids, knows your me. husband. You've talked to them and you said, They're we like, have a problem. We love our mom. Dad. She's talented. She's great. We're going to have an intervention, not such a good, Kathy. Not such a good cook. Kathy, you know what? I wanted to mention the cover of Good Old Days because it is so beautiful, really. I see it says, our parents' footprints following them yeah. made us who we are today. And there's a wonderful picture of a father and a son. Looks like they're just shooting the breeze, hanging out by a fence with a dog. Where do you get the pictures like that? Well, it, it's we're magic. I we know that. <laughs> That's a given. We but I mean, out. you know, it just looks so authentic and um, is that a real so picture warm. or is it done now? I mean, no, that these pictures are. We find these pictures, and they are. From, they can be from the forties, the fifties. Wow. Um, usually, those are, that's the forties and fifties, and then. We um we we help the color along a little bit yeah. here and there, but Colorize these them. pictures are authentic. They wow. are from the good old days. I kind of thought they well, were. They look like it. I mean, just you know, you look at the clothing and the hair, and just um, yeah, they just the environment, and it just it has that good old day feel. To I gotta it. tell you, I, Kathy, really every you know, and I and I'm sure the other editors before you were very talented, but I gotta tell you, ever since you became the editor of Good Old Days. It, I think it's just even better than it's ever been. Oh, the covers, the articles, all of the nostalgic stories, the vintage photos, the as you said, the recipes, the illustrations, the quizzes. It, it is just, My just goodness. great. I mean, you do well, such awesome. a great job. Thank you, thank you so much. And 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 it's just so, it's so good. It feels good. We hear from our readers, and we, I talk to them. And um, and I enjoy that, and, and they tell us that it makes them feel good. The same thing, and the the cover that you're talking to now, uh, that you're talking about with the the dad and the son, and then there's a dog there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the May is uh, animal pet month, mm. and so we have some stories in there about our favorite pets. And oh my gosh, people love talking about their pets. Oh gosh, and, pets are that's for sure. They're a, they're a family member. Um, we only have another minute or so, and I just want to get into, because one of the things, you guys are so generous with our listeners, they really, really do. I mean, this is the best offer that Good Old Days ever does. It is a two-year subscription. That's 12 issues, because this comes every other month in the mailbox to you. You get it in your mailbox. 12 issues, so two-year subscription. Are you ready for this? Regularly. That would be $71.88, which that alone is a good price, right, for 12 issues. 
Oh, but, sure. But yeah, you get absolutely. it for $18. 18 I don't know how you <laughs> I don't know how you can make any money at $18. That is a 75% savings. Everybody that listens to this show should get this magazine. I'm telling you. You know, it's also a really great gift to send to somebody. It because is. Because it's a gift that you continue to get throughout the you know two years, which is a nice memory. Too. It is such a it great is. magazine. And it's not a thin magazine. It's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thick oh, magazine. Yeah. And you get this eighty something pages, yeah. pages usually. So. I mean, think about that. Twelve issues, only eighteen dollars. That is a seventy-five percent savings. Here's how you can get good old days, folks. And you'll read my article in every issue. Thank you for having me as a uh, as a, a writer for the magazine. Anyway, go oh, to yeah. our website, Hollywood three sixty radio dot com. Hollywood three sixty radio dot com. And uh, just scroll down. There's a big banner, Good Old Days. Click it, and it takes you to a special page for our listeners. It is a special page just for you where you get this incredible 75% savings. And they'll also send you a free gift. Not only do you get the magazine for 75 off, but you'll also get a free gift for subscribing. So go to Hollywood360radio.com and click on the Good Old Days banner. Um, That's right, and it's just for just for your listeners. Yeah, Carl. I really appreciate that, Kathy. Um, we, we love we love you guys. Yeah, well, we love you, and we love the magazine. Keep up the great work, and um, we'll have you back again soon. We we have the uh, July August issue coming out pretty soon, so we'll have you back to talk about that as well. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Glad Kathy. To be back. Thanks so much. All right, you have a great night. Great to talk Thank to you. Hi, Kathy. All right, Lisa. When we come back, Mr. Chameleon, Great Detective Adventure, stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. That's us. We're Hollywood 360. I'm Carl Amari. My co-host is the one and only Lisa Vivacious Wolf. Mike Bubblebath Gastella is right down the hall. He um, he just can't stand looking at me, I guess. He's got to be down the hall. Well, he wouldn't be the Poor first, guy. as he mentioned. There's others that have felt that same way. I mean, how could you not want to look at this face? Um, no you comment. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, an episode of Mr. Chameleon. Uh, we just got this series recently. And they're direct from the master transcription disc. Just incredible sound. Uh, Mr. Chameleon was a detective. He was the um, detective which, uh, who was a master of disguises, Lisa. He changed his appearance 
in every episode to track down the killer. Now, the announcer assured us that um, Mr. Chameleon's disguise will at all times be recognized by the audience. So every single issue... Every single radio show, he was somebody else. He was maybe like the Orkin Man, you know, or a Milkman, or, you know, uh, whatever, TV repairman. He did whatever it took, you know, so we knew who he was, but the killer, uh uh-huh, the killer didn't know. Carl Swenson, a fellow Carl, but he spells it with a K, so it's kind of moot point. Uh, Was Mr. Chameleon, and Frank Butler was his slow-witted sidekick, Dave Arnold. All the sidekicks are slow-witted. Yeah, I you know understand, I mean? of course. You know what I'm saying, Lisa? That's, uh-huh. um, Me. Yeah. Um, so. Created by Frank and Ann Hummert, <laughs> who also brought us Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons. This had a five-year run over CBS beginning in 1948. It was sponsored by Bayer Aspirin, which I could use. Let me tell you. I you need a little something, something for sure. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> Working with you gives me a headache. I could use it. <laughs> yeah, it's all, um, all my fault. It is. Everything's your fault. If it's good, it's my fault. If it's bad, it's yours. <laughs> the Case of Murder and the House of Whispers. October 13th, 1948. Here's part one of Mr. Chameleon. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer Aspirin. As all of you know, Mr. Chameleon is known in the police as Chameleon, the man of many faces, who appears in various disguises to track down his prey. The audience always knows who Mr. Chameleon is, but the criminal he is tracking down seldom does. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon and the case of murder and the House of Whispers. It is early morning and that section of New York City known as Greenwich Village is just coming to life. And through the narrow twisting street speeds a police car until it comes to a stop at the mouth of an alleyway. And Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective, jumps from the car and pushes through the crowd. Will you let me through here? Let me through, please. Hello, Officer Casey. Where's Detective Sergeant Arnold? Right in there, Mr. Chameleon. It's a nasty job. Yes, sounds as if it were. Dave. Hello. Mr. Chameleon. Don't tell me they sent you down. Why not? Tell me a blind beggar had been murdered. Stabbed to death. Let's have a look at him. He was known around these parts as Blind Barney. As you can see, he has all the paraphernalia of a beggar. Hmm. Only he wasn't blind. What? No, I don't think so, Dave. The coroner will have to verify it, but I'm pretty sure this man could see. Look at his eyeballs. What's this? Yeah. Someone carved an X on his cheek. Yes, so they did. An X? What could that be, do you suppose? A brand? A warning? Dave, is that another blind man I hear tapping down the street? It's three of them, Mr. Chameleon. 
Three? What on the... Officer Casey. Uh, yes, Mr. Chameleon. Uh, those three blind men... No, it's four. Uh, where do they come from? Where are they going? Oh, them, sir. Well, they come down this street every morning. And blind Barney, God rest his soul, he used to do the same thing. You see that nice-looking old house, the red brick one with the white door? Yes. Well, sir, that house belongs to a family named Jones. Evan Jones and his two sisters, Abigail and Priscilla. And those three people are famous all over this neighborhood for their charity and their goodness. They never turn anyone away. Uh -huh. If you're sick or hungry or without a roof over your head, all you do is ring that doorbell and the Joneses look after you. Well, that's amazing. They must feed half the beggars in New York. <laughs> it looks that way sometimes, Mr. Chameleon. I'm telling you, they're saints. Well, they must be. I think I'll have to ring that doorbell myself. They might be able to tell me something about the murdered man, Blind Barnum. Mr. Chameleon, this is a horrible shock. That poor beggar, Blind Barney, has been coming here for years. He always seemed the soul of gentleness. Isn't that right, Priscilla? Abigail? Oh, oh yes, Evan. Yes, yes, indeed. It seems so hideous that anyone should murder a blind man. A helpless creature like that. Alone and destitute. Only he wasn't, Mr. Jones. I beg your pardon? He wasn't destitute. We found $300 in cash sewn in the inner lining of his coat. Also, he wasn't blind. He could see as well as we can. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, oh Evan. Poor old lost soul. You're very tolerant, Mr. Jones. My dear Mr. Chameleon, you as a detective must know a great deal about human frailty. So do we. This isn't the first time that my sisters and I have been fooled. But I'd rather be fooled a dozen times over than to turn away one deserving person who needs my help. Mr. Jones, there aren't many like you in this hard-boiled world we live in. I'm simply following the teachings of my father. He was a very great man, wasn't he, Abigail? Priscilla. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yes, indeed, Evan. He was a New England shipbuilder, Mr. Chameleon. He left a fortune to me and my sisters here, along with the provision that we devote our life to good works. We've tried our humble best to live up to his example. Well, I should say that you've succeeded in a big way, Mr. Jones. Uh, how many beggars do you feed here today? Between 30 and 50. I must show you through the house. We have a special room where they sit and a special kitchen. Jose, that's our cook, must put up a hundred sandwiches a day. Mary Smithers distributes them. And um, who is Mary Smithers? Oh, she's a perfectly darling girl. A perfectly darling girl. Indeed she is, Mr. Chameleon. A sort of combination secretary and little mother of the poor. She... Oh, well, here she comes. Oh, dear, dear, who's going to tell her about Blind Barney? Uh, you'd, you'd better, better tell, tell her, Edmund. Yes, I... I guess I had... She'll be upset. She takes such an interest in all of them. Mr. Jones. Yes, yes, come in, Mary. My dear, I want you to meet Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective. How do you do, Miss Smithers? How do you do? Mr. Jones, what is a detective doing here? And what's that crowd down the street? Mary, I have a shocking piece of news for you, my dear. The man that we know as Blind Barney has been brutally murdered. <gasps> murdered? Did you say murdered? Oh, no. No. Mary. Miss Smithers, you... Oh, my, oh my gracious, gracious, she's, she's fainted. fainted. 
told you, Mr. Chameleon, that Mary would be upset. I hardly thought she'd be so upset that she'd faint, Mr. Jones. She'll be all right in a moment, and then you can question her. Meanwhile, if you're interested in seeing our house and how we care for poor people... Yes, I am deeply interested. You're doing a wonderful work here, Mr. Jones, you and your sisters. My father always believed that charity should have the personal touch. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the room where they congregate, waiting to receive food or money. They speak very softly, don't they? Almost in whispers. So they do, Mr. Chameleon. And this is the kitchen. That's our cook, Jose, talking to an old derelict known as Simple Sarah. Also whispering, I see. Is that a rule of the house? I beg your pardon? Oh, uh, here comes Jose. Jose, I want you to meet I me. know. A cup. A dirty meddling cup. What does he want? My dear Jose. Does he think that somebody here bumped off blind Barney? Because if he does, well, he knows what he can do about it. Mr. Chameleon, I, I'm very sorry. I hope you'll excuse it. Jose has a strange background. Criminal? Well, semi-criminal. He came to me down and out and I gave him this job as cook. I have every belief that we'll rehabilitate him eventually. You have great faith in humanity, haven't you, Mr. Jones? Great faith. No one can take that away from me. What was that? Good heavens. Sounds like Mary Smithers. Come on. Miss Smithers. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. I'm really frightfully embarrassed. I, I didn't mean to scream. But my dear child, what was it? Oh, uh, hello, uh, Jimmy. Hello, Mr. Jones. I'm... Well, I'm afraid it was all my fault. No, it wasn't, darling. You, you just startled me, that's all. Mr. Chameleon, this is my fiancé, Jimmy Condon. How do you do, sir? How do you do? Are you in the habit of startling your fiancé to such an extent that she screams? Why, no, sir. Right. No, it was all my fault, truly. I, I'm a silly, neurotic girl. I must be, Mr. Chameleon. First I faint, and then I scream. Well, at that, I prefer a good, healthy scream to a lot of furtive whispering. Uh, but about that uh, fainting spell, Mary... Why were you so shocked to hear of Blind Barney's death? Why shouldn't she be, Mr. Chameleon? You're probably hardened to murder, but Mary isn't. I'm asking her, Mr. Condon. Mary? Why should the news of Blind Barney's death shock you so deeply that you'd fall in a faint? Mary, please. If you know anything at all, if you even have any suspicions, tell Mr. Chameleon. No, I... I don't know a thing, Mr. Jones. I, I have no reason at all for fainting. Just, just a case of silly nerves. All right, that's the first portion of Mr. Chameleon with a case of murder and the house of whispers. Ooh, Lisa, I like the title. You like the whispers? <laughs> yeah. October 13th, 1948, Carl Swenson starring as Mr. Chameleon. We'll be back to it in a moment. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl, Amari, and I co 
co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You hear the quality of this Mr. Chameleon, the sound quality? That's what we're all about, sound quality of these classic radio shows. We don't broadcast or sell anything in the club that is not directly from the master recordings or maybe one removed from the master because sometimes we don't don't get the master, but we'll get something directly recorded from the master. But Mike Costella is in the bubble bath like a good 15 hours a day. Like splish splash. I was splish splash, a bath. cleaning these discs. And um, yeah, when you listen to a Mr. Chameleon or in our next hour, The Great Gildersleeve, you're going to hear what it sounds like to be off the master recording. And that's what we do. We license these shows, we get the masters, and then we air them and we sell them in our club. And the club is an internal sponsor of the radio show. So when you are a Classic Radio Club member, you are supporting this show, keeping it uh, going strong where we can continue to license these shows and, um, you know, cover all the expenses of producing the show and putting it on the air. So we do thank you for that. Classic Radio Club, you get 10 shows sent to you every month, either on CD or via digital download. You get a 12-page booklet with all of the information on those shows. So about every 30 days, you get a new five-CD set, and uh, people love it. We've had people in the club for five years. We've had the club going for five years. We have some of the same people every single month, and I thank you so much for supporting the club, which also supports the show. And uh, you'll also receive the full podcast of Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities emailed to you every Monday by being a club member. To join the club, go to to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com, ClassicRadioClub.com, or call and speak to a live operator, 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. We had someone the other day say, well, can I sign someone else up for the club? Can I sign my dad up for the club, or can I sign my uncle up for the club? Absolutely. Just go to the website, ClassicRadioClub.com, or call 815-900-7535. And don't forget, if you do call and a live operator doesn't answer, leave your name and telephone number and someone will get back to you ASAP. Okay, we're listening to Mr. Chameleon, October 13th, 1948. Carl Swenson starring in The Case of Murder. And the House of Whispers was sponsored by uh, Bayer Aspirin. Here's the conclusion to Mr. Chameleon. Jimmy. Yes, darling? I've enjoyed the evening so much. It did me a lot of good to forget things for a while. Mary, what is it you want to forget? Why are you so nervous? I thought you liked your work, and the Jones adore you. They treat you like a daughter. 
the Jones have nothing to do with it, Jimmy. They're wonderful, all three of them. But there's something going on in that house, something evil. Jose the cook, he, he frightens me terribly. And all those beggars who come there, they whisper, whisper, whisper. Oh, this is all nonsense. Jimmy, you're not being honest with me. You don't believe it's nonsense. This morning when I said I was going to tell Mr. Chameleon, the detective, of my fears, you grabbed my arm so hard you made me scream. Why? Why did you do that to me, darling? Because if anything strange is going on in the Jones house, I want you to keep out of it. Do you understand? Keep out of it, Mary. But... Jimmy, listen. What? We're being followed. I knew it. That's happened lately, too. I'm followed. By a blind man? Yes, they take turns at it. Oh, darling, I'm so afraid I can't go on like this. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to the police and see Mr. Chameleon. And not even you, whom I love, can stop me. Mr. Chameleon, I demand to know where I'm being taken. I demand to know what this is all about. You'll find out, Jimmy, in just a moment now. You still haven't told me where you were last night. Of course I told you. I had dinner with Mary. And then? I took her to the movie. And then? We... We took a walk. We had a cup of coffee at a place on Sheridan Square, and I... I brought her home. Then? I went home. As you know, Mr. Chameleon, I'm a bookkeeper. At a dress manufacturing house, and I had... We're stopping. Mr. Chameleon, this is the Jones house. And what's all that crowd doing around the entrance to the basement? I'll show you, Jimmy. And don't try to get away. There. That is the girl that you were supposedly in love with. Mary. Mary. Mr. Chameleon, she's... She's not dead. Her body was found here early this morning, stabbed in the back like blind Barney. Died between three and five in the morning. Oh, no. Another point of resemblance. As you can see, an X was carved in Mary's cheek. Jimmy, what does that mean? Have you any idea? Me? No, you... You don't think that I did it. I was home and in bed, I... I can't prove it, but I was. I'm afraid you'll have to prove it. Jimmy. What? Jimmy. Mr. Jones. Oh, Jimmy, in the name of heaven, did you do this terrible thing? No, no, I swear it. Don't lie. If you killed Mary, if you suspect who killed her, if you think of any reason why anyone should murder that sweet girl, say so now. Confess, Jimmy. Confess, my poor boy, for the good of your soul. I have nothing to confess. Mr. Chameleon, believe me. I'm sorry, Jimmy, but I don't believe you. We'll have to take you down to police headquarters. I am thoroughly convinced that you have a great deal to tell us. I didn't do it. I tell you, I didn't do it. There is a sign over my desk at headquarters that says the innocent must be protected, the guilty must be punished. And it means exactly what it says. Mr. Chameleon. Hello. Hello, Dave. Everything under control? Yeah. Jimmy Condon's being held as material witness to Mary Smithers' death. But we can't get a thing out of him. He says he didn't kill the girl and he doesn't know a thing about it. Mm-hmm. Say, so the commissioner's pretty anxious to see you. Yes, yes. I've been standing here fascinated. 
watching the beggars troop into the Jones house all morning long. Been quite a procession. I think I'll have to join it. You mean you're going into the Jones house disguised as a beggar? Oh, not as a beggar, necessarily. Just an old derelict. I want to get in there. I want to circulate among them, see if I can't hear what the whispering beggars in the House of Whispers are saying. Mr. Chameleon and the Case of Murder and the House of Whispers continues in just a moment. Now back to Mr. Chameleon and the case of murder and the House of Whispers. It is the following morning, and in the office of the police commissioner, the commissioner and Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold are talking together, and Dave is saying... Look, Commissioner, you know as well as I do that Jimmy Condon murdered Mary Smithers. He sits there in his cell and he won't open his mouth. Why? Because he's got nothing to say. It's an open and shut case. Now don't let Chameleon hear you say that, Dave. He doesn't believe there's such a thing as an open and shut case. All right, all right. He's smarter than I am. I agree. I don't come any smarter than he is. But, Dave, did you have to add that but? Mr. Chameleon. I'm sorry. I'm uh, just uh, practicing up on my eavesdropping. Expect to do a lot of it from now on. Well, what do you think? I have a chance to get by, Commissioner? My gosh, you'd fool me. Where'd you get that five days' growth of beard and the inflamed eyelids? You look terrible, Mr. Chameleon. Why, thank you, Dave. Uh, most of it's makeup since I haven't had time to grow a beard. Yes, but the trembling hands, the shuffling walk. I'm telling you, you'd fool me. Well, those beggars are harder to fool than you are. I talked to that stool pigeon that we uh, use on the Bowery. He's going to sponsor me. He's going to spread the word around that an old bum named Joe Tracy has just hit town. And you're going to the Jones house disguised as Joe Tracy. Yes, indeed, Commissioner. You see, Joe Tracy goes anywhere where he can get a free handout. I might add that um, old Joe is very, very deaf. So deaf that perhaps uh, when he's in the room, people won't feel it's necessary to talk in whispers. <laughs> And now, Mr. Chameleon, disguised as the very deaf beggar, Joe Tracy, is talking to Abigail Jones. Heard about you, ma'am. Minute I hit town. You and your sister here and your sainted brother, uh, Mr. Eben Jones, is it? That's right. That's right. I'm Miss Abigail Jones, and this is my sister, Miss Priscilla. Beg pardon, didn't catch that. I said yes. Our name is Jones. Oh. But, but we've, we've never, never seen, seen you here before. What's that? We've never seen you at here at our house before. No, no, yes. The old Joe Tracy's been traveling around the country. <laughs> but the, a pal of mine, um, Smiley Evans, told me to come here. Said you're handing out sandwiches every day at 11 o'clock. We, we do. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> can I join your club? We've tried to be very careful about who we take in since poor little Mary lost her life, but all right. Follow me, please. Thank you, Miss Abigail. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A thousand blessings on your head. You'll wait in this room, please, with the rest of our friends. Jose, the cook, will take care of you. Jose. Yes, Miss Abigail. This gentleman is new here. He was sent by Smiley Evans. Please see that he's taken care of when the food is given out. He's also very deaf. 
You have to shout at him. Yeah? So you're deaf, are you? And Smiley Evans sent you, huh? I always thought he was a stool pigeon. Huh? What'd you say about Smiley Evans? Oh, so you heard that, did you? I say you heard me mention Smiley Evans. Yeah. No, I, I didn't, but I, I can do some lip reading. When you mentioned Smiley Evans, I got that fine. Did you also get it when I said I thought Smiley was a stool pigeon? A spy for the police? Smiley? No, is that a fact? Mm. Say, you can't read lips when people are behind you, can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, are you nuts? You think I got eyes in the back of my head? <laughs> Excuse me, will you? I got to talk to my girlfriend, Simple Sarah. Uh. She's a panhandler like Smiley Evans. I'll tell her you know him. Hey, Sarah. Yeah? You see that old creep? He says he's deaf. I'm going to find out. We'll go up behind him and pretend you're going to jab a pin in him. We'll talk in ordinary voices and see if he turns around. Okay? <laughs> sure, Jose. Can, can I really jab a pin in him? You do just like I tell you, that's all. Now, let's go. Now listen, Sarah, you cut it out. You go around jabbing pins in people, and they put you in a nut house. <laughs> I won't hurt him. Now cut it out. He's a nice old guy. Deaf as a post, but you leave him alone. You mean he can't hear me now when I'm standing right back of him? No. <laughs> then I'm going to stick this pin right into him and make him jump. I'm going to stick it right into him. Jose... He ain't moved a muscle. No. I guess he was on the level. He's deaf all right, and like he said, you can't read lips when the person is behind you. Can't I stick him? No. All right, Sarah. I got something special for you in your sandwich. You have? Yeah. Something very special. <laughs> So I won the first round, Commissioner. Jose the cook was convinced I was deaf, and when Simple Sarah got in line to pick up her sandwich, I was right in front of her. I distracted her attention and switched the sandwiches. And look what I found hidden in the meat spread. What is it, Chameleon? A little packet of white powder. What? Mm-hmm. Narcotics. Dope. Exactly. How is that for a tasty morsel? The darndest sandwich I ever saw. That explains why we've picked up so many drug-crazed killers lately. So that's the way the dope's been circulating, through the beggars and the derelicts. Using a man like Eben Jones and his sisters for a front. Using their home as a clearinghouse for that rotten traffic in dope. Well, we'll take care of that, and fast, too. Uh, no, wait. Wait, Commissioner. Huh? Before you pick anyone up, uh, Simple Sarah or Jose, but, I... Chameleon, don't you realize that Simple Sarah must have already reported that you got the sandwich that was intended for her? Of course I do. They're on guard. They're on the lookout for me. Yes, and they'll waylay you and murder you the way they did Blind Barney and Mary Smithers. Who will? Simple Sarah? Jose? One of the other derelicts? Which one? That's what I want to know. And that is what I intend to find out tonight. But, Chameleon... Uh, one other thing, Commissioner. Uh, release Jimmy Condon. If he's in on this narcotic ring some way, he'll be waiting there at the Joneses' house for me. What are you going to do? Then return the sandwich. I'm going to stand in the entrance hall with the whole house at my back and give the killer plenty of room to move up behind me. Because, don't forget, Commissioner, I am disguised as a deaf old man, old Joe Tracy, and I can't hear a thing that's going on behind me. Thank you.
I thought I'd come and tell you, ma'am. Uh, Miss Abigail, ain't it, Miss Abigail? Yes, yes, I'm Miss Abigail. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I should uh, come and tell you, seeing you've been so kind. Don't want you to get in no trouble with the police or nothing. The police? Sure, you and your brother, Mr. Abner Jones, you're angels from heaven, but there's somebody in this house that... I ain't talking too loud, Emma. Well, you're not exactly talking quietly, Mr. Tracy. And I still don't understand what it is that you want. It's so late at night. Yeah, I know, I know, Miss Abigail. I'd have come sooner, but I couldn't get uptown. Anyways, here's the sandwich Jose the cook gave me by mistake. So he came, Evan. Yes, Priscilla. I thought he would. He brought the sandwich, too. Hey, you listening? Miss Abigail, you look so scared. No, no, Mr. Tracy. I'm listening, but... Yeah, well... Anyways, here's the sandwich. Be quiet, Evan. He can't hear us. He wouldn't hear us till we're on him. See? See, Miss Abigail, there was a package of powder in this sandwich, and that powder, I knew what it was right off. Now do it. Now, Evan. No, we're not close enough. So, I says to myself, got to warn the Joneses so they can get to the police, because someone in this house of yours, Miss Abigail's running the dope ring. Fact is standing behind me now to intend to kill me. No! The way they killed blind Barney and poor Mary Smithers. No! Dave! They turned out the lights. Are you okay? You okay, Dave? Yep. I've got them too. So have I. All right. No use struggling. I use this gun if I have to. Turn on those lights, Miss Abigail. You don't, so help me out. Shoot. There. That's better. Well, well, look who we have here. The saintly Eben Jones, the friend of the poor, and his sister Priscilla. Let go of me, you dirty cop. Priscilla, who ranked second to her brother in saintliness and who probably did the mutilating after he did the killing. No. A little X she took such pleasure in carving on her victims' faces. As a warning to anyone else who might betray them. Who are you? You're not a beggar. You're Don't not... you know who he is? Haven't you guessed? Tell them, Dave. He's Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters. Mr. Chameleon? Oh, no. Eben, we've been tricked. Mr. Chameleon, really, this is all a hideous mistake. We are not criminals. We're not dope peddlers. We're certainly not murderers. No? Well, I'm afraid Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold here will testify against you. I heard you, Mr. Jones, when you were moving up behind me. And Dave saw you when you raised your hand with that knife in it to kill me. His eyesight and my hearing are in perfect condition. I assume the police will accept that as evidence. So Evan Jones and his sisters finally confessed, did they, Mr. Chameleon? Yes, yes, Jimmy, it didn't take long. Now, it's amazing when you think of it, those three gentle people in their beautiful old home... Operating the most vicious narcotics ring we've uncovered in years. Poor Mary. Yes, poor Mary. The girl you loved suspected the truth. So did you, didn't you, Jimmy? That's why you kept quiet. You were afraid of them. You feared them more than you did a murder charge. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Well, that is where you were wrong, Jimmy. Terribly wrong. They would have gotten you anyway. Never forget that. Always go to the police... Not because it's the courageous thing to do, but because in the end, it's the safe thing to do. And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case.
next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces in The Case of the Voices from the Dead. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson with dialogue by Marie Balmer from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Case of the Voices from the Dead next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. All right, that's Mr. Chameleon, October 13th, 1948. The Case of Murder and the House of Whispers, starring Carl Swenson, sponsored by Bayer, as heard over CBS. Hope you enjoyed a good mystery on Mr. Chameleon. All right, time for Sarah's backstage pass. Here's Sarah Knight Adamson. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the new Disney Pixar animated movie, Elemental. It's an imaginary world in Element City, where earth, fire, water, and wind have human characteristics. The story centers on Amber, fire. She's a tough young woman, and her friendship with easygoing Wade, water, as he challenges her beliefs about the world they live in. Air usually has their head in the clouds. Oh, my new jacket! Earth can be a little seedy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing weird going on here. Uh, Just a little pruning. Water is always getting into something. (laughs) Help! And fire? As ordered, we run a little hot. The director is Peter Shaw. So you've never left Firetown? Sorry, buddy. Elements don't mix. Plus, my dad would boil you alive. Why does anyone get to tell you what you can do in your life? Come on! Why do they even have these? Eh, who knows. I'm all in. Three and a half stars out of four. Elemental took seven years to make, as filmmakers wanted to get the story right. Oh, and it shows. The underlying message relates to immigration and acceptance. It's based on a personal story of the director's childhood. I enjoyed the beautiful animation and the lovely story of a young romance that dares for them to follow their hearts. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your national film critic for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Be sure to check out my interview with Wendy McLeaden Covey, who voices the part of Gail, the wind, in Elemental, as I met with her in Chicago. Thanks for listening in, and I'll see you next week. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, Lisa, Willard Waterman stars as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve on The Great Gildersleeve from 1951. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the the Lyrics. So we were on the letter Z, but I could not come up with any good songs, so we're going to move right over to A. Oh, we're going to be on A again? Yeah, starting ah, over. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, 
And I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.